We're trying a new format with uh, recording. It says it's recording. I don't know if you guys have iTunes or Spotify or one of those other things, but instead of going to YouTube and using a lot of data, which should be an MP3 file that we can download now. But this guy's helping me with this, so hopefully we're doing better. Uh, our lesson today is going to come out of Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. This is Mary's song. Uh, who else sings a song in the Bible when God answers their prayers? Actually, a couple of them do. Uh, David does. Uh, I was thinking of Hannah, but then I got thinking about Hannah does. Uh, so does Miriam, Moses' wife. Uh, so there's a couple, they, they, they sing the song. And, and think about this here real quick. Here's the history lesson behind this. Uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth is probably aunt and uncle. It says relatives, probably aunt and uncle. They're old in age. Zacharias is visited by an angel and says that they're going to give a child in their old age. Mary is also visited by a child, by an angel, excuse me, and she is very young. She is a teenager. But before we get too far off on that, that was typical that day. Uh, but put Mary in her perspective. She's not married, and we've gone through the Christmas story many times. Mary's not married. Uh, now at least Joseph, she's, she's all in line with Joseph now, because the angel visited Joseph too. And, and so she hears that her relative, which we believe Aunt Elizabeth, has also the baby, and she goes up there. And I mean, just think of this, you know, she's not a rich woman. Her family does not have, possess a lot of money, or, or you know, they're just, just common folks, is what Mary is. I would just put it that way, she's common folks, you don't have a lot of resources or anything. And who's going to believe the story, oh, the Holy Spirit got me pregnant? You know, all right, you know, I mean, we look at the story from the backside up, but you know, who there? And so to me, and the way I always portray the story is Mary is probably scared and not sure until she sees Elizabeth. Of course, when they, we know when the babies are, they're both in the womb, but when the babies get close together, John, which is in, is in Mary's, uh, Elizabeth's womb, jumps with great joy because he's near his Savior. And that affirms to Mary that God is involved in this, and that God is doing all there. And she comes up with this song. She sings this song, uh, which some of it's out of Psalms. You know, she kind of mixes a couple things together. Uh, she gets out of Psalms 138, out of Psalms 103, 71, 111. They, the Psalms, you want to see the Israel hymn book? It was the Psalms. That's the Psalms were sung. They were sung there. Uh, and so... Uh, we go along there. So here's the story. First Luke chapter 1, verse 46. And this is Mary singing now. I was going to sing for you, but I decided not to. Uh, Y'all are blessed because of that. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of a, his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he is mighty and has done great things for me. And holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm, and he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from the thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things 
and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, and he spoke to our fathers, Abraham, and to his seed forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Break this song in three pieces. Verses 46 or 47 to 49 is about Mary. 50 to 53 is about the people. And then 54 and 55 is about the nation Israel. And so I look at this. We're going to look at the first part mainly. I look at the first part of it mainly there. Is, you know, she's talking along, my soul magnifies the Lord. Think about who Mary is. Think about, and we're looking at the story from the backside forward. You know, we're, the, we're the Monday morning quarterbacks now. We know what all Mary's going to go through. And I don't think she probably understands all she's going to go through. But she knows God, in the situation she is in, God is in control. And how many times when we get into a situation, do we try to control the situation? Or do we try to... Uh, we, we sit there like, this is my favorite one. I mean, I'm not, this is what I do. This is what I say is my favorite. Whine and complain. Oh, you know what that person did. Yo, know, you know what that person did. You know what? I mean, we just whine and complain about it. And that's our first response. James tells us, and this is the hardest verse to live, count it with great joy when you fall in trials and tribulations. Because those trials and tribulations through the testing of all that brings patience and brings through patience it brings faith and brings strength in knowing that God is in charge. And, and, and so when we got to listen to that, that's a great sermon to preach until you're going through the trials and tribulations and somebody tells you, preacher, have great joy. It's easy to preach it. It's hard to live it. I just tell you up front, I know that for spirit. But, but, so, but here's Mary. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. She's also talking in past tense. And she has already, she's acknowledging what God has already done for her. She's acknowledging what God has already done. So she's in this past tense there. For he has, he's not he is, but he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. And so she's acknowledging that God, yeah, God has taken care of me from the beginning. Uh, the situation I'm in now is because of God. And God's going to take care of my future also. He's going to take care of both sides. He, God is going to take care of us in all things. For he who is mighty has done a great thing for me. He who is mighty has, again, it's a past tense term there, has done a great thing for her. And he says that she'll be blessed among all generations. Well, the angel Gabriel told her that. From here on out, you'll be blessed. And that's where our Catholic brothers and sisters... Mary stands high because she's the mother of the son. And the angel said that the whole world will call you blessed. But think about real quick. Again, we're this Monday morning quarterback. All that Mary had gone through. All that she has gone through. Where was her son born? In an animal barn. In a stable. And, all, and of course we know all this thing. And all the things that she has gone through. Of course we know... What it is, did she know or not? But she knew, regardless of what was going on in her life, that Jesus, or God, was in control. God's in control. And it goes along. Because in the next verse, she's going to confirm this. Verse 50, and his mercy is on those who fear him. There is a lack of fear for God today in this world. 
That is our problem. And when we mean fear, it's not trembling fear, it's reverence. But my dad used to have a saying, when I was a kid, all the way up to about 16, I realized he'd go to jail then, maybe. My dad used to sit there and say, and I've said this before to show you a laugh, but, son, I made you, I can take you out and I can make another one just like you. I come to learn that I'm unique and special. There's no way you can replace me. But that's a whole other story. But, uh, but, so, but I believed that for the longest time. You know, and, and, but my dad, my dad was a hard man. My dad was, a, I mean, I say he's a hard man. He was a strict man. I don't know how to quite say that right without making it sound like he was an abusive man. But I respected my father. My father brought the good tidings in the house, and he also brought the punishment in the house. You know, when we messed up, he was the one that punished us. But when we did good, he was the one that rewarded us. I respected my father. I had fear of my father. Not trembling fear every time I was with him. I had the respect. But knowing at any moment, he could smite you at the same time. He had a 52-inch belt. He could get you from here. And and, uh, so we look at that. God is that way. And that's what she's talking about here. There is, I'm telling you after this weekend, there is a lack of reverence for God. Look at the church today. Look what's going on in the church today. Catholics. I talk Catholics. I was kind of raised semi-Presbyterian. I didn't realize it until I actually got into the church, into ministry, back in the chancellery where I'm at. In the Catholic church, who was allowed up here? Just the priest and the deacons. Nobody else. And when we were kids, we never, unless the pastor called us to this area and we were going to speak or read a uh, we never stepped in this area. And today we got kids that run all around the church. The sanctuary was a holy, holy place. And when you walked in the sanctuary, you had reverence because that was the house of God. That was where God was supposed to be residing. That's where you were at. Uh, and we don't have that today. People are going along, and just we can say this, I don't know why people are going, I don't want to dog them for not being here. But we, we go along, people, church has any more just turned into a, well, if I can fit it in my schedule, I will. And, and so we go along, uh, you know what, uh, God goes along. We have been lied to for generations and generations. So this is Larry theology here. You don't really need to go to church. God's with you through the Holy Spirit. And wherever you're at, you can pray to God. Well, that is true. But from Genesis all the way, we see from the beginning of Genesis all the way to the end, the Bible confirms that God meets us in worship. God meets us in, in, in the gathering of people. God's presence is more powerful in the gathering of people than he is with us individually. And so we realize that. So what's all the excuses that people don't have? So, and I don't want to beat you guys up because you're the ones that are here. But we, so we go along. But there is a lack of fear of God in our country this day. There's a lack of fear. And I say some of it is because how us church people have lived. We have shown the people it's okay to miss church when you're not. You know, I mean, if you're working or something, something's coming on. If you miss a Sunday, I'm not the one that gets on to you. If you're traveling or something, I'm not the one that gets on to you. Uh, because, you know, where's your heart at with God? But well, if, 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 yeah, I can just hit it or miss it today. There's a lack of fear and respect for God. Being in the house of God and, and coming to worship Him. He says, those who fear Him from generation to generation. That was not only before her, but up to us today. We see this lack of fear of God. He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud 
Uh, he has scattered the proud. He has put down the mighty from their thrones. God is in charge. We need to be praying for our government and our people, but know that God is in charge. And God, God establishes, puts up and takes down. God will protect those that are mighty. Those will protect, he'll protect those that are mighty. And we need to be in prayer for that. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. One of the hardest things you have to deal with as a pastor and to keep your mouth shut. Preacher, and that this has not happened at this church or a Lapahal church. Let me just say this up front. This is not a problem here. Preacher, you don't do this, you don't do that, da-da-da-da, somebody does this. I'm not going to tie the church. You're not getting a paycheck. Or you're not going to do this, you're not going to do that. They think they're in control of their money. There's a story in Matthew, and he's storing the, the guy's building the barns and storing up all of his all of his product, you know, all of his produce and everything that he has. And you know, he's talking about how proud he is, and he has stuff for years to come now. And God says, "You fool! Today your life is required of you. And when your life is required of you, and you stand before the throne of judgment." How are you going to be tested? How are you going to be judged? All of us who stand before the throne of judgment, we will be judged. We'll be judged. And Liz, Liz, out of all things, why she had to say this one time, this was about a year, earlier this year, I blame Liz for this. Am I doing enough? Because we're going to be judged on our good works. We're going to be standing before the throne. The first, the only reason you're going to get to the throne room is because you believe in Jesus. And you have truly in your heart you believe in Jesus. But number two, how have you done? How have you done with the resources God has given you? How have you done with the time that God has given you? How have you done with all the stuff that God has given you? Because everything you have, every penny you own, everything that you have, including time, including your health, including everything else, belongs to God. I have known proud people blasphemy God to be in the hospital for months afterwards and lose everything. And, and so <clears throat> we got to go along there with that. He will take down the mighty if he needs to. He will strike them down. He will do these things because <coughs> God is there. Jesus deals, Jesus talks about three things a lot. If you read in the Bible, in the New Testament, he deals with heaven and hell and the poor. You know, you cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. And every time Tammy gets on this kick about giving more, giving here something, I'm just thinking, I mean, I'm hoping to go to heaven on Tammy's coattails, by the way. I'm thinking, oh, man, there goes my money again. But you know what? We have been blessed more and more by the more we give. Uh, Rasalem, M.D., I don't know if anybody knows him. He's a psychiatrist in Valdosta. He's from India. He has hope, hope for Feed the Children ministry. He used to do, I don't know if he still does or not, but he used to do these seminars and stuff for pastors. He did a lot of stuff for pastors about Austin. I would attend him. He was a great guy. He had started off, he came and his wife come from India, and he got to school, got the psychiatrist business going, accepted Christ in this process. And the long story short is, he said, the more he gave to God out of his heart, not trying to get anything back from God, the more God had blessed him. God says, if you're, if you're faithful with a little, I'll make you in charge of a lot. Maybe we're not in charge of a lot because we're not faithful with the little. 
Maybe we're not, we don't, we don't. You think about it. How are you faithful with what God has given you? And, you know, there's people that, like the BB&J ministry. People are faithful with that. Does that ministry not continue to grow and grow in these people's hands? Why? Because, God, you're faithful with a little. God will give you a lot. Sometimes you might be thinking there, hey, God, I got enough. <laughs> you know? but, but God's going to continue with that. But back to, uh, but, but back to this uh, psychiatrist about also there. He sat there, and the last time I talked to him, which is probably 10 years ago, he was giving away 90% of his income. And he says that 10% is still too much to live on. Giving away 90% to feed this children program and different things. Every pastor in Valdosta, I include myself, if I need to go see the psychiatrist, I can go. Every pastor in their family sees the psychiatrist for free. Every person like that. And if you had somebody who was just in a real bind that needed to see, many times you'd call him up, he would just see him for free and, and go along there. Because that was the guy he gave back. He, he, he wasn't in this world to be rich. He was in this world to make it better. And that's what we're going to be judged on. We're going to be judged on that. Number one, our belief in Jesus. Number two, if you believe in Jesus, how have you acted with the stuff that Jesus has given you? How have you done it? Think of Mary. Think of Mary has nothing, nothing. And yet God entrusted her with the Savior of the world. I mean, you talk about a steep order there. Hey, Mary, yeah, I know you don't have nothing, and you're going to have a kid in the manger, you're going to have to go on the run to Egypt, and all these other things. But I need you to care for the Savior of the world. I need you to watch him and take care of him and raise him until he's ready to be the, the, the one on scene. Now, that is a tall order. I'm not sure I want that order, but that's a tall order. Her last part, verse 54 and 5, He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He has spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. We're part of the seed of Abraham. Remember that song? Father Abraham. You know, but I know we sing it every VBS, so I understand that song. But we go along. We're part of that. And I'm not going to do replacement theology. Uh, Israel still Israel. Uh, yeah, that's God's timepiece. But look at America. Look at America. And I don't want to get too far into politics, but we went through, and we really know now how corrupt our government was. We hired a guy that had his own money, ran an election on his own money, and, and, and still lives on his own money and takes nothing from the government. And we all of a sudden, now nobody can buy the president. And we see, the, we see how deep the corruption is. How deep the corruption is our government. And you can't tell me that God has helped his servant be in office. He has remembered his mercy. I'm on a prophetic website and several things. I said the thing that we need to do as a church, because we talk about the Wiccan thing on that site, is the church better start getting on their knees and praying for this country. We need to be on our knees and realize that God is in control. God will bring us the blessings or God will give us the punishment. And you can say, well, you know, the Glory Church, we're a pretty good chunk. You know, so there's other people over there that need to be wiped out. You know what? And, uh, and all the other places got wiped out. There was a few good people. But punishment comes across all nations altogether. And so the message is today, number one, number one, Whatever situation you're in today, are you magnifying the Lord? Are you singing praises to Him anyway? Are you, you know, if you, if you will start praying and singing praises to God, that'll change your situation. 
It'll change. I mean, it'll it'll at least change your attitude and your state of mind. Number two, she's out there talking to the people to be a witness to them. Hey, God, God will be merciful for you. Back to this guy JL. I did a funeral for. I, I shared the salvation story. I, I a year ago I went there to the hospital where he was at. I thought he was going to die then. And I shared Christ and accepted Christ. And, and people want to say, well, you know what JL was like. I could care less what he was like for 74 years. But I know on the day in his heart that he accepted Jesus. You know what 74 years did? Shoot! Clean. Clean as, clean as can be. I heard uh, things, you know, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. I heard that at a biblical point. They said, don't think stone. Because the blood of Jesus and because of the Savior has made you white as so before the Father. Isn't that awesome? I always I dream of a white Christmas. I think it's I'm in Alaska, I'm in Idaho, I live in Missouri. I have seen it snow on Christmas. I never put the two together. The white Christmas that we need is the Savior to clean our souls and make us stand white before the throne. How is that possible? How is that possible? Because Jesus sat there at that table 2,000 some years ago. When he raised that bread, he gave thanks to the Father. He looked at those people and he said, This is my body, which is broken for you. You know, just like Mary. And this is, we really see this as a thing, and just in our own lives, we're no different. We see Mary's song is prophetic. It is for generation to generation to generation. Jesus at that table, I think they just thought it was for them. At that table, it was prophetic. Jesus said, this is, I break my body for you for all generations. Takes a cup, he gives it to his father, gives thanks. He says, this is the blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you. For the sins of who? The whole world. This is what makes you and me white as snow. Because you and me are unworthy to stand in the throne room without the blood of Jesus. Without this blood, you and I are unworthy. With this blood, we are just as righteous and clean as Jesus is himself. I mean, that, that is the Christmas present. We got nothing else for Christmas. That is it. So let us pray. Because we got a gluten-free people. To, you're a gluten-free one, right? All right. Dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, Lord, we just ask you to continue to be with us. Bless this bread to be your body. Bless the juice to be your blood. And Lord, continue to be with us this Christmas time. Don't give us bitterness or don't give us or any other, other thing. Even when people aren't here, Lord. Let us pray for those who aren't here. Let us pray for those who are traveling. Let us pray for those who need to know you. And Lord, let us be the instrument that brings peace and salvation to all. And Lord, we ask you this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, Harold, you come up. I guess it would be Harold to me today. What is to you last, Bonnie? Is that all right? We untangled here. I'm going to electrocute one day.
body of Christ broken for you. The blood of Jesus poured out for you. As we prepare our hearts, we're going to serve Mr. Autry real quick, and then we'll serve the congregation. If you're ready, come forward. Is it only me? Did you take communion? Did you take communion? Did you? Did you take communion? Okay, I assume I missed you. Uh, is it just me or is it everybody? Man, forgiveness gets sweeter and sweeter every Sunday I take it. Uh, man, I, just, I, mean, I look forward to coming over here. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, we humble ourselves as we come. Lord, we have been in your word, we have feasted on your word, we have feasted on your elements.
Those we have prayed for, Lord, continue to bless them and have your Holy Spirit fill them. And Lord, we just ask you to continue to be with us in all that we do. Amen.